The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. to an all-new episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Steven, and yes, we are between seasons. Yes, I've been putting out bonus episodes to tide you over between seasons two and three, but this is going to be an all-new, all-new content episode. We're going to consider it an episode from season two because I want to talk about a book. A book came out this week that I read that I wanted to talk about. I didn't want to wait till season three to talk about it. I wanted to talk about it right now. And that book is Deceased, Dead Planet, issue number one by Tom Taylor and Trevor Harrison. So if you haven't read Deceased, I'm going to, I'm going to spoil some stuff for you. Deceased is the book that started it all. It was a six issue limited series. I believe it was just six issues. It was for all intents and purposes, it's a zombie book. Set in an alternate DC universe, you can consider it a Elseworld story. It uh, It's what happens when Darkseid, who is out still trying to get that anti-life equation, he uses Cyborg because he finds out that Cyborg is the key to unlocking the anti-life equation. But when he does so, it turns the anti-life equ- equation into basically a, a computer virus. And the first person it infects is dark side himself and he turns into a rage zombie and starts destroying stuff. The virus is inside cyborg, but it doesn't affect him in any way. And so Desaad sends him back to earth, opens up a boom tubes. Like I got to get this guy out of here. And he sends him back to earth. And the moment cyborg touches ground on earth, he realizes that this anti-life equation in him, this computer virus is connecting to the internet because cyborg is connected to the internet via wireless. And so he tries to shut it down. He tries to throw up some firewalls, but the virus gets out there. And anybody who is looking at a screen or talking into their phone, anybody who is connected to the internet via their phone, their computer, their smart TV, whatever, just immediately get infected by the anti-life computer virus equation thing. And the whole world just suddenly turns into these rage zombies. And many of the superheroes are not looking at devices and whatnot. And so they try to they try to stop it and save as many people as they can. But all, a lot of the big name superheroes end up getting infected. John Jones, um, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, he gets infected and his ring is then passed on to Black Canary and she turns into a Green Lantern. Batman gets infected. Wonder Woman gets infected. Superman gets infected. The big three, John Jones, a lot of the big, big original Justice League folks, Aquaman gets infected. And the purpose of the book at that point is that before he gets infected, Superman takes Lois and his son, Jonathan and Damian Wayne and a bunch of other people, including Lex Luthor to the 
Fortress of Solitude so they can come up with a plan. And the plan they come up with is they have discovered a planet out there that is basically uh, a copy of Earth. Not a copy, but it's a it's a suitable planet that's the same environment as Earth that, that humans can live on. And so they build these ships, these arcs, and they try to load as many people on them to get them off the planet. But the, the purpose of the anti-life equation, this computer virus, is to kill. So anybody that is infected with it, their main goal out there is to kill as many people as possible. Flash gets infected, and of course he can freaking infect thousands of people a second, and it's when Superman tries to stop him that Superman gets infected. In the meantime, over in Gotham, Poison Ivy has created a jungle. It's, it's turned Gotham into a jungle, and it's this kind of jungle that the plants are alive and they keep people out. So if you're in Gotham City, you're protected and she's protecting the people of Gotham. And so you've got a chunk of people in Gotham that are that are living and thriving and protected from these anti-life zombies. And then you got the rest of the survivors that they can find. They're loading up loading them up on these arcs. And they do get away. The book ends with they get away. Um, Cyborg stays behind, even though he's not infected, but he feels since it started with him, he shouldn't be with this population that's being, that's being uh, taken away to live another life in safety away from the virus. And so he's fighting Wonder Woman as they try to get away. The, the Green Lantern Corps show up to fight Superman. The, so like uh, John Stewart and Guy Gardner and Kyle Rayner, they were all off planet with the Green Lantern Corps, so they didn't get infected. So the the Green Lantern Corps come to help to get these people off to safety, and they decide they're going to stay behind and monitor Earth. They're not going to stay on Earth. Or, you know, they float in space. They have guard duty, basically, just to keep an eye on things. But Cyborg stays behind, and he's fighting Wonder Woman. And as he's fighting Wonder Woman, she wraps her lasso around him. She's at this point, she's a rage zombie. She's not using the lasso to get the truth out of him or whatnot. She's she's trying to strangle him, basically. But because that's what the lasso does, it dawns on him that he, he realizes that there is a cure to this thing, and he knows what that cure is, and the cure resides in him, and that's when she rips his head off, and that's when the book ends. And you're like, man, that's some dark stuff. Well, this book opens up, issue number one opens up with, with that moment, and his head falls into the dirt, Everybody, you know, the other folks, they get away. There's a a moment where we see John Constantine in the Oblivion Bar. I think that's what it's called. It's like this bar in another dimension. And Zatanna comes to visit him and says, "You can't, you can't be doing this." He's been he's been going out trying to help people, but then he he takes refuge in this bar and he's thinking about all the people that he lost. That's kind of the small little scene. I'm assuming we're going to visit revisit it again later in the series, but that's like this weird, like two or three page scene that they don't touch upon again in the entire issue. But we, we, we open up the book just moments after, or when Wonder Woman is ripping Cyborg's head off. And as it's laying there in the dirt, we find out that he's still, because he's half computer, he's still somewhat alive. The, the computer part of his of his head is still functioning, but it's very low on energy. And so then we shoot forward five years and this, the computer part of Cyborg's brain, it takes five years for it to realize that there is a tracker embedded deep within Cyborg that Batman put there during the deceased series, or at least that's what they reference. I don't remember him doing that. I don't really remember Batman having much of an impact. He got infected fairly quickly. So, 
the head of Cyborg realizes he has this tracker. He knows that there is a cure and it realizes that he can send out a distress beacon to the, to the, to the heroes that escaped the planet and try to call them back so he can let them know that there is a cure. And so he sends out this Morris, Morris, this Morse code distress signal and it reaches all the way out to wherever they are on this new planet. And we learn that Lois and Clark's son, Jonathan Kent, he is now the new Superman. Damian Wayne is now the new Batman. Um, Cassie, Wonder Girl, I can't remember her last name. She's now the new Wonder Woman. You still got Black Canary doing the Green Lantern thing. How, or, uh, uh, Oliver Queen is there. And they, they're fending off an alien invasion. It's a really good scene. There's a, a really great moment where Damian Wayne as Batman is, is breaking onto the alien. He's breaking into the alien ship. Because they, they, they need to talk to the leader. They need to get the leader of the aliens together with the leader of the humans, which is Lois Lane, so they can come up with a compromise. Because it's not about, they're not, they're not, they're not about letting this alien invasion happen. And they could quickly probably destroy the alien invasion. Heck, just between the Green Lantern, the Superman, and the Wonder Woman could probably just take it all down. But instead, Jonathan wants, wants talks to happen. He wants a, some kind of diplomacy and he wants to, he wants to settle this without a lot of violence. And so once that is ended, they pick up the distress, the distress signal and Damian Wayne explains it's, it's Morse code. It's just a, a J and an L, Justice League, and it's coming from Earth. And some of them say, well, we got to go back to Earth. There's got to be a reason for it. It's coming from Cyborg. Well, it could be a trap. Cyborg could have been turned and this could be a trap to get us back and, and, and kill us all. Could be something that the anti-life equation is doing on purpose so it could kill us. But they all decide that they're going to go back. There's a really great, 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 there's a really great scene between Oliver and Dinah, Green uh, Green Arrow and the new Black Canary, Green Lantern. Um, He doesn't want to go back. And he's talking to her and he's like, look, you got all this stuff going for you. You're a Green Lantern now. You still have your sonic scream. And of course, you've got the sword that Wonder Woman gave you before she turned, the sword that is powerful enough to kill a god. And she said, and he's like, what do I got? Yeah, granted, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty good guy. I, I, you know, I can do some pretty amazing things. I'm the guy that took out Aquaman from the top. He was on top of the Kraken and I was, you know, hundreds and hundreds of yards away and blah, 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 the one shot and I'm really good and I'm awesome. And he's like, but still, I'm just a regular dude. And she says, well, why don't you carry my sword? And he's like, Ooh, okay, I'll carry your sword. And it's, it's just a really funny scene. It's a really nice scene. It's a really sweet scene between the two of them. And it's one of these, as I'm reading this, I'm remembering the original deceased book and I'm remembering the first volume of Injustice, which was the first thing I ever read from Tom Taylor. And the way he treats Green Arrow makes me feel like Green Arrow is just one of his favorite characters, which we'll get to that in a second. So they all, the new Justice League goes back to Earth. And as they, as the ship arrives outside Earth, they run into Kilowog, who's out there. It's his shift to watch Earth. And he, and he explains he's also keeping an eye on the sun because Superman, after he'd been infected, he flew into the sun to eat the sun. Because in his mind, as with the anti-life equation, the best way to kill as many people as possible is to destroy the sun. And so for five years, Superman has been inside the sun, eating it, sapping away its energy. And the, the earth has become a little colder because of it. And while they're up there, Superboy, well, he's Superman now, he's talking to Kilowog, something comes streaking from earth just as fast as a rocket. And they're like, something's coming, something's coming. We have to, we have to get ready. 
and it just slams into Jonathan Kent and it's Crypto the dog. And it's a very touching scene where Crypto is, you know, if you ever watch those videos of military people coming home after have been away for, uh, you know, a year and a half and the dog sees them and just runs at them and jumps into their arms and the bigger dogs practically pull these people to the ground because they're just so happy to see their person. That's what this was like, but with superhero proportions. It was a great, great scene. So they go down onto the planet's surface and they find Cyborg's head and Cyborg is trying to talk to them. But of course, he's just a head. And he's trying to say cure, but it's coming out as cur, cur. And so as they're, as they're trying to figure out what's going on, a big horde of zombies are coming at them. And then suddenly Wonder Woman is there and she just starts ripping into him. And again, big spoiler, one of the main casualties during this fight is that she kills Ollie. And that just broke my heart because this whole time I'm thinking Oliver is going to be the one that's going to survive. I felt that Tom Taylor has a love for Oliver Queen and the way he writes them, he just he just gets this guy. He writes him so well and he's let him, he's, he's survived this far. He's going to be the one that's going to be there at the end. And then he dies and is infected right away almost in this first issue. And it just... It just broke my heart. But Dinah, seeing this happen, just goes freaking crazy, and she attacks Wonder Woman. And it's at this point that Superman realizes that what Cyborg is saying is that there is a cure. And so he tries to he's trying to stop Dinah from from, you know, basically killing Wonder Woman. Because if there's a cure, then they can save Ollie. They can save Wonder Woman. They can save all these people. And she is about to just stab. She's like flying towards Wonder Woman with the sword that can kill a god. And she's about to stab Wonder Woman. And Jonathan Kent, Superman, flies in between him. And he takes the sword and the shoulder and it goes right through him. And there's blood all over the place. And I believe that's how it ends. And so you're left to wonder now, is Superman now infected? Is the new Superman infected? And it was it was just such a good opening book for this new series, the same creative team that was on the original six issue series. They've done a couple of other little, they've, they've done a DC on DC's unkillables, which was really good. Um, they're doing this series through the digital firsts option, uh, through DC. Um, I think it's DC's hope at world's end. They're just, they're really good. They're all written by Tom Taylor, but with the exception of the original series and now this new series, the other um, satellite books have had different artists and whatnot on it. But it's Tom Taylor just there's just something about the way he writes that makes me feel like despite the fact that these are superheroes and they can fly in space and knock over buildings and all that junk and they wear capes and tights and all that, he makes them relatable. He makes them seem real and not in that way that other writers feel like the only way to make a care a superhero real is to write them 
with all kinds of flaws and make everything all dark and gritty. And well, obviously, if you were Superman, you would be killing people all the time because you're super strong and you'd be brooding and you'd be depressed because you're trying to figure out why you don't fit in to this world because you're an alien and you're super strong. And you don't have to do that to make characters relatable. And he's figured it out. There's just he makes them he makes them human without filling them full of depressing introspective flaws. He just makes them feel like real people, the kind of people you'd just be hanging out with, you know, at a bar or something or going to work with. And, and you know, you don't always like all those people. That's, that's all I'm saying. And Damian Wayne as Batman, I've never, I was, I was reading comics when Damian Wayne was introduced as the, as the third, third or fourth Robin. Good Lord, how many Robins have there been? And I was not really into that character very much. It was not long after Damian Wayne was introduced that I stopped reading comics. And so because of the way I felt about the character when he was first, first introduced, I didn't like him. I didn't like him at all. So I have, I have never really got to like him. I haven't been reading his story. I haven't been reading his arc. I have not been reading his, you know, the way that characters change and mature and become different and, and have their, when they have their story told. But I like this Damian Wayne. I like this Damian Wayne as Batman. He's, he's like, he's very much like Bruce Wayne, but maybe with a little plus added next to him. He's like Batman plus, you know, he's a little harder, but not in an, in an annoying way. He's not, Batman always just seemed really, they, people like to write him as aloof and secretive and mysterious and dark and man of few words and and all that. And sometimes that works great and sometimes it gets annoying. But that's that's not quite what Damian Wayne is. He's got that. There's just something about him that that I really like as far as uh well as far as the way Tom Taylor writes him. It's just this is so far I'm really happy with this first issue. Can't wait for the next one. Well, I'm going to do an episode for each issue that comes out because I'm not reading a lot of DC comics. I don't read a lot of new comics as it is. And when it comes to new books, I tend to, if I'm going to spend my money on something, it tends to be something from image or boom or something that I know is a self-contained world or a self-contained story that may end up going 200 issues, but it's not going to change creative teams every six issues and change storylines. And just, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a typically a, a good inclusive story. I'm not sure if I'm describing that quite right, but when it comes to Marvel and DC, you do, you have those issues where I'm really enjoying the Spider-Man run. And then suddenly, boom, they put on a new artist and a new writer and it's completely different. And then I just, I, I'm not into that so much anymore. And, and it's, if I'm going to put down money, money that I don't have a lot of on a new comic, I'm going to, I tend to shy away from DC and Marvel. However, the new Marvel, I do buy a couple of new Marvel or good Lord, I can't talk. I do buy a couple of new DC books. And really when I look back and I think about the ones that I'm buying, it's, it's the deceased books as they come out and it's Suicide Squad. What's the similarity between these, these issues, between a, a, a zombie book and a, I guess, quote unquote, mainstream DC title is that Tom Taylor is writing them both. So I guess what I'm saying is Tom Taylor's just up there in my, in my ranking as far as favorite writers. He's a guy I think I'm going to keep following. He's got a creator owned book, I think coming out from Boom next month, which I'm totally going to check out seven, 
Seven Sons, something. I don't remember what it's called. I think it has the word seven in it, though, or the number seven. But I did go back and start reading uh, Tom Taylor's um, Wolverine book when after Wolverine died and his his daughter became Wolverine. Those are really good. I've really been enjoying those. I think what I'm trying to say here, folks, is that uh, Tom Taylor has yet to disappoint me. This should be the Tom Taylor episode. Tom Taylor, ladies and gentlemen, writing books that make me smile. So yeah, for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to go back to bonus episodes until we officially launch season three, which is still tentatively planned for the week of, uh, I think it's either July 22nd or 23rd is the, is the Thursday. But with this whole quarantine, coronavirus cases spiking and all that stuff, I, I haven't been as productive as I should have been. And so I'm not quite ready. I, I should be further along. I should have more episodes recorded by now, but I don't. So I may push back season three. I, I haven't quite decided yet. We may push it back to August. But until then, I'm still going to put out content. I'm still going to try to uh, get some bonus episodes in there for you each week. And if I can record some new stuff every now and again and tack it on to the end of season two, I'm going to do that before season three officially launches. I will have an update in the next couple weeks as far as when season three will officially launch. Until then, I'm Steven. Then I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Just Another Fanboy is a Stephen or Else production. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stephenrorr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about all the comics and such I don't have time to talk about here. You can find me on the World Wide Web at stephenorelse.com or find me at Twitter and Instagram by searching for at stephenorelse. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.